Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Playing a really good team, maybe one of the best teams in baseball. We think we're right there, too. We went right at them. Uh, went after one of the best starters in baseball today and um, hit him around pretty good. Couldn't have been happier with the at-bats that we had. Um, and we, we kept coming back. We, uh, we did a lot of good today. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and you know talk about the stuff that you know we know we we dropped a pop up we did uh, you know didn't complete some plays we got to play crisper baseball um, if we're gonna get outs in the middle of the game and late in the game and make it happen but uh, I think we fought pretty good. All right, since I, since we know Judd is about to explode here, his his brain is about to splatter all over the screen here on Mackie and Judd and the Score North YouTube channel. This is Feedback Friday, where we take all your comments, questions, concerns, critiques. You can always hit us up through the Score North app. Anytime during the week, we, we stockpile these for, for the Friday episode of Mackie and Judd. I'm going to give you a couple pieces of twins-related feedback, and then you can respond however you wish, okay? Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Go ahead. I just, <laughs> I'm so, I did, yeah. Okay. All right, this is from Austin Brandon. I really enjoy the show. It's hard when it's just crapping on teams all the time. I don't need flowers or butterflies, but you guys swing too far the other way. If the Twins win that game, the expectations you're going to put on them are through the roof. If they lose it, now they're just garbage. It's irrational. Josh Carey chimes in via the Score North app. He actually chimed in before last night's game. This is kind of responding to the to the win over the Yankees. And he said, I think Feedback Friday needs to be a full-on roast of Judd's Twins skepticism. As a lifelong Twins fan who has seen world championships and multiple division championships, he owes a sincere apology to all who were led by his uh, merciless wrath of negativity. Will they win a playoff game? Probably not, but it's only June, so let us ride the Twins' optimism wherever it will take us. Judd, pick up a Twins flag. Let's all raise a surly to celebrate. I love the show. Thank you. Nice, insincere. John. What does he want? I I just don't understand. I don't understand. Well, they went three and. Th- I, I'm gonna actually side with these people just for the sake of this. Yeah, because last night pissed me off too. But they went three and three with a ravaged pitching staff against Toronto yep. and the Yankees. They yep. beat the brakes off three great starting pitchers. Yeah, Byron did, Buxton yes. seems to be back offensively. So yes. they like they kind of made it through a really tough stretch here. 
some of the optics, the way that the games played out against the Yankees raised some red flags and were frustrating. Yep. Um, and so I, I get it. But what is your response to well, the first batch of feedback here? First of all, being as sincere as I could possibly be, I appreciate the feedback. And look, I mean, I saw two World Series championships, too. I, I was there for both of them. It was fantastic. Um so, yeah, I, I mean, I'm in the same boat that you are. I, I guess here's what I would like to back up and talk about, okay, just quickly here. But I've got some stuff to get off my chest because I feel like people are – I feel like people think I just dump on these teams for um, Skip Bayless and fun. Like, <laughs> uh, he's just trying to be – he's just trying to be ne- negative because the rest of the town, for the most part, embraces everything because we just are suckers. But that's not the truth. Here's my frustration, first of all. The Twins, several of the Twins, deserved better, okay? Because you just said this, and we certainly talked about this on the wrap with Royce as well. Jamison Tyon, Cortez, and Garrett Cole all came in here pitching lights out baseball. Really impressive. Win-loss, don't like that, ERA, okay? In those three games, the Minnesota Twins got 24 hits, scored 15 runs, and hit eight home runs off those starters in 10 and two-thirds innings, okay? So, number one, I don't understand how if you're a fan, you celebrate that, but then say, yeah, but they and they won one game. Um, that's not consistent. The consistency is the Twins did from basically getting to three very good starters. They did their job, and yet they lost two of three. And I would argue that many of the wounds, and I know the bullpen – uh, blew it last night, and I, I know that Tyler Duffy certainly didn't help the cause on Tuesday, but I would argue that some of the problems were 1,000% self-inflicted by decision-making, by the fact that Joe Ryan, who pitched three innings in St. Paul last night, and coming off COVID, is a better choice to start that game than Bundy, who, by the way, didn't have to go on a rehab start when he came back from the same exact thing. Uh, I would say that Joe Ryan would have been a better cha- a better choice to start last night. On Tuesday, I would say 5 to 4, you've got a chance again. Tyon, you knocked him out after 4. Like congratulations, that's good. I'm impressed. You bring in Duffy instead of saying what can we do here to keep this game as close as possible? Instead you and we discussed this, but you say we'd like to get him right here against the Yankees. Um you are therefore depleting your chances to at least have an opportunity to win said baseball games. And then what has put me this morning over the edge, and I went to it last night, was hearing Rocco, literally, it's raining outside, there's a tornado coming, and he's like, let's not go downstairs, let's not go to the basement, it's a gorgeous day. And you're like, Rocco, we're all about to die here. It's a gorgeous <laughs> whoa, day. Whoa, whoa, okay. Whoa, dude, the, you, okay, now you're, you've gone a little far with your metaphor here. Okay, okay. The, the the point is Rocco Baldelli <laughs> right, right is telling us everything is the steak is no, overcooked I, right now and 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 it's going to be a bad meal like he's letting the steak cook too long and you should take the steak he, off the grill like now we're not going to enjoy this play, steak play the clip again he literally sounds like he's telling you what he'll talk about and won't talk about and he is saying that a drop pop up hey I'm not going to focus on the bad we did a, good you won one one of three when you hit around three pitchers really well. I don't understand how people buy this crap. You want the clip again? Yeah, 
Okay. Play the clip again. Okay. Playing a really good team, maybe one of the best teams in baseball. We think we're right there, too. We went right at them. Uh, went after one of the best starters in baseball today and um, hit him around pretty good. Couldn't have been happier with the at-bats that we had. Um, and we, we kept coming back. We, uh, we did a lot of good today. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and you know talk about the stuff that you know we know we we dropped a pop up we did uh, you know didn't complete some plays we got to play crisper baseball um, if we're gonna get outs in the middle of the game and late in the game and make it happen but uh, I think we fought pretty good. Let me ask a couple of questions here off that because the first thing he said was we the Yankees are one of the best teams in baseball I think they they are the best team in baseball the the, the, the Dodgers and the Yankees of course they both spend like a combined half billion dollars on payroll mm-hmm. such as baseball but he said I think we're right there too now a lot of fans and I've been interacting with a lot of fans during this series uh, the, the pushback for the Twins negativity is well look the Twins didn't have any of their top starters. Let's run this back with a healthy Joe Ryan and, well, he is healthy, but like a fully stretched out Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray, right? Do you believe the Twins are right there, quote, are right there with the Yankees if you bring Joe Ryan and Sonny Gray and Jorge Alcala back into the pitching mix? I think if they're well run that they are, but I don't think that they are right now. So um, Rocco is, I think Rocco is getting worse. I really do. I think he is, and, and again, I think it comes from above him. I think he is serving so many people um, that it has become that they're, the lack of actual fundamental core group leadership of this franchise has become a problem. I mean, when Joe Ryan is not here still, and when you sent him to St. Paul, I have a lot of questions about that. What are you doing? Why are you doing this? Who, well, who? people are, people are going to say he's been out for... Two and a half weeks. He had COVID. You started Dylan Bundy. Again, That this is where I would like a job as a common sense coach. I would tell them, you start. are you going to start Dylan Bundy? Yeah, we are. No, you're not. Here's the common sense coach. You're going to start <laughs> the, Joe Ryan. The common sense coach barrels in three and a half beers. No, he, you're not. A little, little bit of beer on his breath. You know what? Some mesh shorts. But, but here's. It's but a bad the, idea. But the problem is, too, is that the Twins think that they have everyone, in my opinion, bamboozled. As in, oh, yeah, oh, they're short guys. And then Rocco, Rocco is is really advocating it more by saying things like, you know, we did a lot of good. I mean, we dropped a pop-up. Are, are you going to pass out treat tickets next? Like, let's all go to the concession stand, guys. We played great. This isn't Little League. This is professional baseball, and you're playing the New York Yankees. And you know what? You're not as good, which means that you need to take advantage of every opportunity you can to win games. And and the final thing that drives me crazy, and it's become a lazy narrative by far too many people who claim they're baseball fans. Well, I grew up watching the sport. You, screw that. Um, the lazy narrative is always to look for, it's a long season. It's one game. Calm down. No, it's not. Ladies and gentlemen, it is a pattern of what you allow and a lack of accountability on, from everybody. It's a pattern of telling us that Dylan Bundy is a sufficient starter when Joe Ryan can pitch. If jo- As long as Joe Ryan is not in his bed coughing up a storm, he should be pitching for the Twins. So don't I would tell argue, me. I would argue you can still pitch when you're coughing. That's yeah. a very good point. Mm-hmm. But But the point is this. We always take everything in these small groups of baseball. Well, it's very small, small sample size, long season, very one game, one game. You had a pop-up drop last night. 
and then just dismissed it as it's not. He, I believe, at one point post game, Rocco said, ah, "Yeah, that's type of thing. I, you don't see that much. It's not gonna." What? Yeah, well, he's right. Like you, you're probably it not, is. You're probably not gonna see that again. It is, but you did it against the Yankees, and because and and you did it in a game like this was not a ten run lead against the Tigers. I'm just I'm so tired of people basically trying to make excuses and defend, including the Twins themselves. And I have one question: Is anybody accountable here? Okay, so that's so I'm I'm. I don't even disagree with a lot of the things you say because I harbor a lot of the same frustrations. And I will admit that a lot of my frustrations are rooted in 20 years of Twins playoff failure and lack of aggressiveness at the trade deadline. And so when they lose a game like that last night or when they make a Tyler Duffy decision like they did in the first game, I'm not just analyzing it in a vacuum of the context is just confined to tonight. Like I I have a hard time not letting 20 years creep into my thinking and emotion evaluation. But if you zoom out back to 30,000 feet and we go back a week ago and say, listen, they're going to be very shorthanded as a pitching staff. I mean, Cole Sands is going to start another game for sure. They're also going to have to face three excellent starting pitchers. Garrett Cole is going to come in. um, And uh, and they're just not going to be at full strength against the Blue Jays or the Yankees. And they're going to go three and three in those games. 30,000 foot of it, I would have said, oh, my God, sign me up. I don't care. I don't care what it looks like. Give me the three and three and then move on to Tampa. And so I'll direct my next question to Declan. I think there's a way to view this from 30,000 feet as a major positive. They they went three and three against the Blue Jays and the Yankees, and they're going to get a bunch of arms back at some point. And, you know, they've they've stockpiled some wins early in the season. They can still they should still make another trade at some point. But I don't necessarily disagree with the things Judd is complaining about. So is it fair for a lot of Twins fans to be in the first couple of pieces of feedback here to be ripping Judd for feeling the angst that he feels? No, uh, I don't think it, it, it's it's that far-fetched. Um, look, I, I think the more egregious thing in this series was you started Cole Sands. I, like, Dylan Bundy is not great, but I understood why they went with Dylan Bundy. He's made 10-11 starts. He's been mostly healthy all season. I know the wheels are coming off the bus, but you, you started Cole Sands on Tuesday. A, a poor, helpless guy who had no shot of facing arguably one of the best lineups in baseball. And Joe Ryan is fine. Joe Ryan, is, he went to St. Paul yesterday, he threw 40 pitches, he was on a pitch count, and he was great. He's exactly who Joe Ryan should be. That's the egregious part. But, I mean, Toronto and the Yankees are two good teams. You went 3-3 three and three against them. And to be honest, there are teams that are above 500. You, you should be going 500, most likely against the good teams. If, if, if anything's less than that, yeah. that's, that's too bad, right? And everything else over that is gravy. It's good. Um, so they're still in first place and it's just the unique ways they find ways to lose. Like I, I was actually surprised I was allowed back in the bedroom on Tuesday night. The girlfriend got to experience first play a baseball pissed off Declan before I weaseled my just way back in there. Thankfully, June baseball rate, and, and regular she, season rate. She's just like, why, why, like, why are you acting like, like, what does it do to you? It's like, do you not know? Like, it's like, they always just beat the twins. What's, what's the issue here? It's like, yes. They always beat the Twins, but like it's the unique ways they find ways to lose to the Yankees. That upset me. So, yes, look, this is just classic Judd. I love Judd, so I'm, I'm not like surprised at these that he's having these reactions to the There to the is there is there is very, very much there's very I'll much explain. a way to view these last 6 games yeah. in a positive way. Right. But, and Judd is not. And that's what a lot of a lot of people take issue. I'm kind of like in between I'm like, yeah, God, on one hand, they went 3 you know and 3. What? But on the other hand, I hate the way that they lost some of these games. 
So, Phil, in my opinion, it is not the last 20 years. I, I mean, yes, the playoffs have been a complete um, a complete disaster. I, I get that. But here's the issue, and here's what I think we're not focusing on, and here's where I think the angst comes from. And personally, it's where mine com- comes from, and we've discussed this briefly a couple days ago as well. My angst comes from this. It comes from the fact that they don't learn. So forget, just forget these individual games for a second because they all go into the blender of this. What lessons have you learned? What have you learned about how to manage things? What have you learned about how smart you really are and how much you aren't as smart as you thought so you adjust and adapt? And that's the problem. See, I think we get too focused on like, well, yeah, but Jed, it was just one game against the Yankees and they won. I mean, they won a game and it's the Yankees and they won. They won three and they lost three. I mean, we would take that. Yes, we would. But here's the question. And here's how you build a championship team. You build a championship team by saying, what don't I know? What do I have to learn? What can what is the accountability on everybody from the ownership to the executive staff to Rocco to the players? And the reality is this, nothing since 2019 has changed as far as accountability goes, and nothing has changed as far as decisions go. And and I joke about it, but I joke about the common sense coach, because really, when you look at it, Falvey, Levine, and Rocco, if anything, are doubling down often on decisions that aren't wise. What's, can you be more specific problem. about the accountability? So when you say, you know, there needs okay, to be more perfect. accountability, like what, what specifically Got would it. you like to see? Um, last night, that ball drops. I want nobody benched. That's fine. Okay. But when Rocco comes in, we, we, need, we need a good but, public flogging. But when, Rocco comes, but when Rocco comes in and tells us, hey, you know what? It doesn't happen very much. That won't happen again. And it just happened against the Yankees. And it cost you a run. Like, like that brought up Hicks, who hit a two-run home run to tie the game at seven, all right? I don't think you can just dismiss it. Now, do I expect you to yell and scream? No. Do I expect you to say, look, that's a play, and, and I don't want you to back in with, well, first of all, we did a lot of good things, and I'll drop pop-up, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a big deal. Here's where they don't learn. This is perfect, perfect example. When Rosario, who they eventually allowed to go, a couple of years back, I think it was in 19, hit a ball off the wall and stood there and watched it. And then it hit the wall instead of clearing the ball. And he trotted to first, and that was it. It was a double that became a single. And I remember I waited Rocco out um, after the access like the next day or two days, and I said, what, you know, what do you really think about that? Because he had, again, publicly been like, oh, you know, that's that happens. Um, and he just basically said, well, I don't believe in, you know, really punishing guys and I don't believe in. And look, these are and, and this is where I'm very curious about o- O'Connell, too. These are adults who are smart enough to know that if they can push you around, they're going to. Yeah. Um, and, and if you recall, we were thrilled at the time. And I think that we were right about this. I think Nelson Cruz had a really good read on that that room and did a, a lot of the bad cop or police work for Baldelli at that point. But Phil, he it's now 2022 and really nothing's changed there. And my question is why? So like, these are all of the things I'm not trying to just say, well, at the Yankees game last night, there's an entire discussion here on organizational culture and philosophy that I don't think people really enjoy, but I think it's yeah. incredibly important. 
I think so when I hear Rocco, because I remember that when you know, Eddie would do these little Eddie things, right? He would he would right. not run to first base or he thought a ball was gone and it bounces off the wall. And instead of being on second or third base, he's on first base because, you know, whatever. He watched that ball. Uh, the drop pop up. I don't know if like lighting your guys up because of a miscommunication is going to help. But I think where yeah, I do saying, where I yeah, do agree is I, agree. I think there's a general lack of urgency with this organization. And then you go, you know, you can compare the Yankees on one hand and just on a stat sheet, rightfully so, and say, well, they're a better team. Look at all these hitters. Look at their OPSs. Look at their track records. And that is true. But the other area where the Yankees are superior over the course of 20 years, and quite frankly, probably 100 years going back to like Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig, Mm -hmm. is the Yankees have a sense of entitlement. The Yankees literally call themselves savages in the batter's box. We are. Remember that was like three years ago, and Aaron Boone walked out to the umpire and claps in his face and says, "Tighten it up!" Like he, what he's saying is, "We are savages in the batter's box. We are spitting on close pitches outside the zone because we know what we're doing. We are the better team. You figure it out and you rise up, right?" Right. And there's just there's this, and again, part of it's because they can pay for the best players and they spend the most money and they've got the right. most championships that they've earned over a hundred years. But there is an entitlement that the Yankees have when they take the baseball field that they are the better team. They are going to do what they want. They are going to control the game. And for the Twins, sometimes it feels like, well, it's, we're just kind of at the – we're going to hope for the best, and we're just kind of at the mercy, and dang it, we played really well, and we'll get them next time, right? It's like they're not making the trades that you would make if you were urgent. I'm saying in season. They did a nice job with Carlos Correa signing him. Sonny Gray was a good trade. But what – to me, what I want to see in response to this is, okay, you made it out fairly unscathed over this six-game stretch. Mm-hmm. What is the move you're going to make in the next two months? If you really believe, as Rocco said, that we are, quote, right there with the Yankees, mm-hmm. what are you going to do over the next two months? What pitcher are you going to acquire? What reliever are you going to acquire to actually show that you really are right there with the Yankees? It's, it's, it is it's this sort of lack of urgency. So I do well, agree with you on that. And, and the thing, too, is so – there is no question, nobody is questioning the fact that the Yankees are one of, if not the best team in, in baseball, right? So, if anything, if you're the Twins, first of all, in the regular season, you're going to play them six times. So, it ain't like you're playing them 18 times. The other thing, too, is in a game like last night, don't you have to be, and I know it's one of 162, but don't you have to be as detailed as possible? Like, mistake, like we can't... If a guy boots a ball, he boots a ball, okay? But if any time that a ball can't just drop because, well, there's going to be a miscommunication once in a while, it's a game like that. Because to me, what to me, my problem is this. When you get to the playoffs, what's the tone? Because you can't flip a switch. Like you either play a certain way or you don't. And when you get to the playoffs, what do we see? Everything, and this comes down to, you know, Barrios and Kenta being pulled when they were pitching well against the Astros. Everything just remains the same. And if a mistake happens, yeah, Polanco, that's too bad about that ball. But, I mean, you have to be, if you are if you are the Twins, and I think we all can agree that they're a good team, but they're certainly not a great team. And, and in key games, they're going to have to fight for every piece of real estate that they get, right? You have to be as detailed and as smart as possible. And to have a manager who's just like, well, I mean, that doesn't happen much and it's not going to happen. That's the last thing I want. 
I want, and I don't want you to get mad. You don't have to throw us, you know, I, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is I feel like the baseball operations department in Rocco lack an understanding of what it takes to be a champion. Well, do any of them have dumb questions? Did, did Rocco ever plan a World Series team? I don't no. think so, right? I don't think he did. Um, with Boston at I mean, the end, but he didn't, right? Salvi with the the with Cleveland did not. I mean, Thad wasn't Thad might have been on a was he in that Rangers front office when they went to the World Series? Yeah, I think he was with when Cruz blew it, 11? right? Yeah, yeah, I think he yeah. was. I yeah, maybe was. I missed but, one in there. But that's my frustration. My frustration is not just one game. It's this attitude of, well, we know what we're doing and it's going to be fine. It's not yeah. going to be. And I, and I think the, gets I'm going to read you. I'll read you one more comment here. This one presented by our friends at Federated Mutual Insurance Company. They've been around for over 100 years helping with risk management tools and resources. Run prevention, if you will, for your business. Ooh. It's like having a really good starting pitcher, preventing runs. Uh, you can find out more and you can find uh, an actual face-to-face contact, your local marketing representative, to talk you through how they can help you at federatedinsurance.com where it's our business to protect yours. So this one is from uh, – and, and and this is sort of a – this is from Love Hat, uh, Love Hat Peace on YouTube. I'll just read it. It says, I know you guys don't like hearing this, but overall the Twins have had a good product. You guys are just looking back on the past and relishing a form of hate joy that I think is truly a Minnesota product. You guys are truly talented. Thank you. And I think you know that, but the inferiority complex is palpable. I guess we are blessed with people who have who will hate the sun because it doesn't have a statistical beam that hits your fancy. And I think that this is now me talking. I think the difference here is, first of all, Judd's, I think, for you're further down this path than I am. I still try to find a little bit more sunshine than you probably do. Declan is probably more along, along the lines of where I'm at. Um the difference here is love hat peace. Where you see sun, Judd sees clouds. If you look at this Twins team right now over the past 10 or 15 or 20 years, or even this Twins team in the series against the Yankees, there is a way to look at it as sunshine. Look what they did against the starters. Oh, my God, look how close they were to maybe sweeping the Yankees. Look at this, like all these moral victory things. Yep. And, you, and there's a lot of people that just choose to view the world that way, and maybe that's a more, I don't know, maybe that's the better way to view things. And I try to do that sometimes, too. Judd doesn't do that. That's not the way that you wake up in the you don't look at you don't look at those games and say, what are the five silver linings I can pick out? That's just not how that's not who you are. Well, that's true. But when you score 15 runs against three really good starters in three games, which is outstanding. And I mean, I'm all on board with that. Don't you end up frustrated that you didn't take advantage more of that? Like if 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 Tyon Cortez and Cole shoved, right, just shoved eight innings or seven innings a piece, I'd, I'd be like, well, that's disappointing, but man, did they shove. Um, but they didn't. You got to them, and you only won one game. I, I don't understand how that's not frustrating. Like, okay, they hit well, uh, but they blew it, and, and you know, and it doesn't help my my state of mind when Baldelli then acts like, well, yeah, but, I mean, we did a lot of – I mean, he is he is literally telling you the glass is half full – after one win in three games, and that's yeah, what. But he doesn't. He's like. not doing it for you or for the fans. He's he's essentially using you guys in that media room as a vessel to like send a vibe to the clubhouse, right? He what he's trying to say. It doesn't matter what you think. He's he's delivering a message that he hopes lands on Carlos Correa's ear that says, "Hey, dude, it's okay." I know that was kind of a an epic screw up by you and Jorge there, but uh, I believe in you. Like then that, and yeah. he feels like that's the best way. 
If he were to do the opposite, would it have a negative impact on the clubhouse? I don't know. That's what he's trying to weigh. So, I guess my career advice to him would be this then. (laughs) I'd say, Rocco, I'd say, Rocco, you don't have to dump on people. But Carlos Correa is a grown-ass man who's very good. You can start by saying that's a ball that has to be caught. I love when John, John gives You don't have to say, again, the, again the, the common sense goes, do you know what I am? I'm the sports equivalent of a high school counselor. Okay. I can help guidance, you. People. Sports guidance counselor. Sports John guidance counselor. Just ask me what you should say. Don't go in there and say, oh, yeah, we did a lot of good things and a little ball <laughs> dropped. <laughs> see, see you at Bennett Field on Saturday at noon for our Little League game. <laughs> All right. That's uh, Feedback Friday here on Mackie and Judd. Let us know in the... Score North YouTube comment section or hit us up on Twitter at Phil Mackey, at Dexas Tweets, at Jay Zolgad, uh, at these birds that are chirping that outside you? my window. Yeah, That's I've got nice. the window. It's very nice. Oh, it's mild this morning. I've got the window open. So Jim Nance, he'd love you right now. <laughs> Dude, what he if should the, be in the background. What if Live Golf, instead of just pulling like Bryson DeChambeau who jumped this morning and Phil Mickelson, what if they start pulling announcers too? Would you watch awesome. Live Golf if Jim Nance... And, uh, you know, David Faraday and some of these guys went over. I mean, um, maybe yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be Jim. We're going to give you four hundred million dollars because we have your just birds, endless supplies of money. <laughs> your birds are actually superior to, I believe, the master's birds. Oh, they are oh, nice wow. birds out here. Yeah. Very nice. That was really good. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. Let us know. Do you think do you think Judd is harboring too much negativity? Let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> Hit us up on the Scornorth app and on the YouTube comment section. We'll see you guys.